Hello everybody and welcome back to my podcast. My name is Caitlin. I am a fourth year general nursing student based in the south of Ireland. As you know, in this series we discuss various health topics and today's topic is all about celiac disease. Linfers et al in 2019 gives us a great description of what celiac disease is for the listeners who aren't aware. It is an autoimmune response from the body against dietary gluten present in wheat, rye and barley and is one of the most common lifelong food-related disorders worldwide. As of 2021, there are 50,000 people with celiac disease in Ireland and a further 400,000 people who are gluten intolerant. With me today, I have two special guests. Seamus, who has been suffering from celiac disease with 10 years, and he will discuss his struggles with being diagnosed and tricks with coping symptoms. I've also invited Angela, who is a retired clinical nurse specialist in gastroenterology for over 20 years, and she is going to answer a few questions for us. First of all, we're going to hear from Seamus and his backstory and how he was diagnosed and what his symptoms were. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. As long as I remember, I've always suffered with bloating, stomach cramps, general discomfort, diarrhea and constipation. And as a teen, I was diagnosed with buscupan and hot water bottles to treat these daily pains for years. It wasn't until 2010 that I was referred to a gastroenterologist because these pains were becoming too much and after a full body check I was diagnosed with celiac disease through the extensive damage that ingesting gluten for 35 years had done to my intestines. I didn't know what this disease was. I had never heard of it before. Thousands of questions are running through my head. What does this mean for my future? How is I going to cope with the dramatic changes I would have to make to my daily life? And I felt overwhelmed to say the least. As for your symptoms, what were they before you got diagnosed? And if you broke your gluten-free diet, what side effects would you feel now? Before getting diagnosed, I would constantly be bloated and uncomfortable, have severe stomach cramping, and some days I would suffer from diarrhea, and other days I would be constipated. I had very little energy. Since being on a strict gluten-free diet, all my symptoms have resolved. The odd time I would break the diet to indulge in a slice of fresh, crusty bread, but it's really not worth it because within a few hours I would be suffering again from the stomach spasms. If, uh, I'd be afraid to leave my house for fear of needing a bathroom urgently. Sorry for the visualizations. I've learned that breaking the diet is just not worth it. It must have been hard to realize that breaking the diet for one treat isn't worth it. Was it hard adjusting to this new lifestyle? It was difficult at first. My first trip to the supermarket was one which I'll never forget. I remember spending two and a half hours in there just reading the labels of all my favourite foods and having to put them back on the shelf as it contained gluten or was made in a factory to handle gluten and I didn't want to take any chances. I can definitely say though that throughout the years the selection of gluten-free products has multiplied and gotten better tasting. Besides their bread though, I still haven't found anything that comes nearly close to a normal slice of fresh crusty bread. I kept a book called The Gluten-Free Bible for years containing a list of the best snacks, foods from particular restaurants and recipes I had found. Without a doubt though, it was hard to adjust, explaining to food servers the importance of your meal not to be cross-contaminated with wheat without sounding rude just because the suffering wasn't worth it. 
I can't imagine your daily struggles, but I would hope as the celiac disease is becoming more common in Ireland that more hotels and restaurants provide a gluten-free menu. How about your family? How did they cope with your lifestyle change? Is there any follow-up tests you need regularly? My family coped great and were very supportive as I went through the cupboards at home trying out products that contained gluten. Each family member had to get tested as it often runs in families and one out of my two children's results came back positive but she's always been asymptomatic of it. I was advised to take multivitamins and get my bloods checked regularly because many gluten-free diets don't contain the right amounts of nutrients needed and I had to get a bone density scan a few times within the first few years of my diagnosis. I had to get an endoscopy to confirm my diagnosis and see the damage in my intestines. Thank you so much for answering my questions and for setting some time aside to appear in today's episode. I really appreciate you joining me. I asked you here today to learn about your experiences with celiac disease and I feel like my listeners can really learn something from you. Thanks again, Seamus. No problem. It was great being here. Thanks for having me. From that talk with the lovely Seamus, we got a great insight into living with celiac disease and the many lifestyle changes that are needed in order to live a normal pain-free life. As celiac disease is being diagnosed more regularly in Ireland, there is now a vast range of gluten-free foods out there and you'd be surprised how many of our daily favourites are already gluten-free, such as some crisps, most chocolates and jellies. A study completed by Zarkadis in 2013 explains the emotional impact changing diets to a gluten-free diet can have. 58% of people in this study of 5,518 were relieved and accepted to help relieve any of their symptoms. But 27% were anxious of these changes during the first few months of their diagnosis. Not only do you need to change your diet, you also have to start using different utensils when cooking gluten-free foods to avoid cross-contamination. For example, two toasters should be used, one for regular bread, or crusty bread as Seamus would request, and one for gluten-free bread, as many celiacs still suffer from ingesting even small crumbs containing gluten. You can learn more about what I've just spoken about on beyondceliac.org. People's tolerance to gluten depends on the level of damage done to the intestines and their sensitivity to the protein gluten. Here are a few tips that I've gathered from celiac.org.uk for our listeners that are finding it hard dealing with this lifestyle change. Avoid cross-contamination at all costs if possible by wiping down surfaces when preparing gluten-free foods, especially if you're living with someone on a normal diet. Wash your hands thoroughly and wash shared utensils before each use. Store gluten-free foods with sealed lids to prevent any gluten-containing foods from falling in and make sure to label your gluten-free containers to avoid any confusion. Now I'm going to call in my second special guest, Angela, who is a retired clinical nurse specialist gastroenterologist with over 20 years experience with diagnosing and treating celiac disease. They're going to provide us with a further understanding of how gluten affects the body of an undiagnosed celiac and various tests that may have to be done to confirm the diagnosis. Welcome on to the show, Angela. I'm very grateful you could join us in the studio today to help my listeners and I gain a further understanding of celiac disease. We have gained an insight into classical symptoms of celiac disease through our last guest, but is there any more you can add to that list and when to know if you need to get tested? 
Thank you for having me on your show. Throughout the years, I have seen people experience a number of different symptoms before getting diagnosed with celiac disease. The common symptoms being diarrhea, constipation, persistent gastrointestinal symptoms like nausea and vomiting, stomach spasms, and unexplained weight loss. Weak bones and being diagnosed with osteoporosis or osteopenia can also happen. Fatigue, hair loss, and deficiencies can occur also. The development of osteoporosis or osteopenia is common in newly diagnosed celiacs because of the intestinal damage caused by the gluten can prevent the body from absorbing calcium, magnesium, and vitamin D. The bone density of celiacs usually returns to normal within two years of being on a gluten-free diet, and a bone density scan is done a few times in the first number of years to help diagnose thinned bones or to see if supplements may be needed in order to build bone mass quickly. You should visit your GP if you're experiencing any of the symptoms listed in this episode. I have read a research paper by Kalkinen written in 2021 that discusses the increased risk celiacs have for malnutrition based on their inability to absorb nutrients. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I agree with this. Celiacs who are newly diagnosed are more susceptible to being malnourished because they haven't been absorbing nutrients even if they have a balanced diet. Nutritional status isn't always obvious from their symptoms because their celiac symptoms might be more severe. Common deficiencies including calcium, iron, B vitamins such as folate and B12, magnesium and vitamin D. Some healthcare providers can prescribe additional supplements to make up for nutritional shortfalls. Great. Could you go into more detail about the diagnosis and any additional supports that are available for newly diagnosed celiacs? Definitely. After a full blood test has been completed, the patient will undergo an endoscopy, where a biopsy of the villi in your small intestine will be taken to see the extent of the damage. Did you know that many people also have a lactose intolerance when being diagnosed with celiac disease because the enzyme lactase can't be produced by the villi? If the villi are eroded from the gluten, you can't digest lactose, meaning you become There are many supportive services available for celiacs, which I would recommend joining. So the adjustment to a gluten-free diet doesn't seem so daunting, as you'll know many people going through the same experience. The Celiac Society of Ireland, based in Dublin, has many groups meeting face-to-face or online all over Ireland. They'll provide you with support and information as you adjust to your new lifestyle. Fantastic. For all you listening at home, wondering if you now have celiac disease, the Celiac Society of Ireland will be one of your biggest supports. Thank you, Angela, for coming on the show and answering my questions. You've been a pleasure to speak with. I think myself and my listeners are going to be very aware of our bodies over the next few days with the information we've just received in today's episode. Well, everyone, we're coming to an end of today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed listening and learning about celiac disease because I know I have learned a lot. Did you know one in a hundred people in Ireland are diagnosed every day? I want to remind you quickly before we part ways about an article written by Rose and Howard in 2013 which explains that the Celiac Society of Ireland is a welcoming community that allows newly diagnosed celiacs to re-establish their identity and it increases the social recognition and acceptance of the disease and it's accessible through the click of a button online for anyone interested. I want to thank my lovely special guests again, Seamus and Angela, it was great to talk to you. 
and thanks to my listeners for tuning in for this week's episode. I'll be live again next week to discuss a different health topic. Have a great morning, evening and night, everybody. Stay safe and take care. Thank you.